0: So come with me to Luke chapter 2
1: and um, I just want to talk tonight a bit about um, who was Jesus and um, that probably seems a bit of a, um unusual question um,
0: in the world that we're in. I think that there are a lot of people that might be able to give some sort of summary of that but then again the way our country is these days there's uh, uh, many people that don't know anything about Jesus at all, um, and the whole story comes as a bit of a surprise to them. But um, the
1: uh, the recognising of Jesus was quite a task, quite a difficult task for people, um,
0: because no photo had been sent to say this is what he looks like. Um you ever been to an airport where you've got to meet somebody that you don't know? you've been told maybe what they look like but hopefully they got to sign up either saying who they are or who you are um and that's a bit of a tricky moment um if you're not known to each other i've been doing a, a bit of swimming lately trying to tell my body who's boss just
1: in my dreams and um anyway um i was i was at the pool uh
0: not that long ago. And, uh, as I was walking in to do a few laps, I, I saw a face that I thought I knew. He looked like he was an Australian swimmer. Um, Kyle Chalmers and, uh, for anybody who knows that name. And he, he steps up to the block and, um, and almost parts the water. I don't mean in the Bible sense, but he just sort of. He's down the other end in a matter of seconds and back again as well. And I quietly limped off into my corner and just loped along at my very slow rate. Um, some people are a bit more recognisable because they of uh, something that they've done in life and people uh, get to know them. But when Jesus turned up on the scene, they had no idea, even though they thought they might have. There was a lot of detail about him in the Word. And there was a lot there. And Jesus said, search the Scriptures, for they speak of me. So there was a lot of detail there. But um, nevertheless, it, they were very confused amongst themselves. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and just uh, get the setting of his arrival. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. Now, Caesar Augustus uh, was the first emperor of the Roman Empire. Um, and, um, Rome had been around before, but then an empire was established under that name. And Augustus, uh, and was uh, the name this particular Caesar took on. And he, um, so I think 27 BC is when the empire started. So you've got this empire that's about to take over the known world. And at the same time, we're going to get the arrival of Jesus. What an amazing moment that he comes. And it says, um, so this decree goes out that all the world should be taxed. So nothing's changed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. So we're given some times here really um, for people to be able to pin it down. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea
1: A lot of people uh,
0: would have had, of course, no clue, but there were certain people that were given a fair bit of information here, Mary being one of them. It was laid out to her very clearly. And we read elsewhere and even here about the the shepherds and so on and uh, the wise men that came who were given a clue as to who he was and they did pretty well with it. Chapter 3, and in verse 23... And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. Um, And the lineage is given here of his uh, stepfather, uh, who took him uh, as his own. And uh, the other lineage in the book of Matthew is the one of Mary, but this one um, um, is the one of uh, Joseph. Sorry, no, this is the one of Mary. Um, because it goes, um, through this, yeah, it's a bit complicated, but it says, which was the son of Heli, but it's actually the son in law of, uh, Heli. So, but we've got here a, the beginning of Jesus ministry at about 30. In the Old Testament, the, um, the Levitical priesthood started at the age of 30. And, um, their age range was given at 30 to 50. It seemed to be the, the time to, to use them. And Jesus started his servant's role, um, f- towards the temple at the, that same age. Let's go to Matthew 16. Not doing much detail here, but just sort of jumping into it a little bit. Just his, his birth and the, the beginning of his ministry. And, um, Matthew 16, verse 13, he's now with his disciples. And when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now he had to, we know him as the Son of Man and as the Son of God. Son of Man because of Mary, the Son of God because of the Holy Ghost. So he's got these, but he's, he's referring himself to himself here as the Son of Man. and. They said, some say you're John the Baptist, that you've reappeared uh, after John's death. Some Elijah, and uh, there's an Old Testament uh, prophecy about Elijah coming again. and It's really about his ministry arriving again in John the Baptist. But they're all searching for an answer as to who Jesus is. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets, and he says to them, but who do you say that i am so while he's been walking with them and he's been teaching them and he's been doing miracles is he just another prophet like jeremiah is he is he um elijah has he has he just come with a message and there are many people who today would in religious circles the muslims would uh, like to say that he's a prophet there are others, other religious groups who would like to say he's a prophet. And they, they sort of think they're doing Christians a favor by saying that. That, no, we're okay with him. We're cool with him. Great prophet. There are, there are some who would like to say that he's a wise man. And they, they like his words. And, um, just talking to somebody recently, um, down at the colonnades. Who um, made a comment about Jesus as we were talking to him, and he said, uh, "I don't know if Jesus is really relevant anymore." And um, so he was sort of wanting to extract from Jesus just his moral teaching was the way he saw it. He said, "We'll take that bit, but we don't want the rest." So people take bits and pieces of Jesus as they see him. So as Jesus had arrived here. With these um qualities of his, he's sort of saying, what are you seeing? So the, the disciples are very close to him. In verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said,
1: thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now there is an answer. Now there is an answer. This was not a, a
0: studied man. We're talking of a fisherman here. Uh, maybe there are fishermen who are great readers. I don't know if there's any fishermen here who are also great readers, but not always a match um but I don't know if Peter was a great reader of the of the Word of God, but something made him recognize
1: in Jesus not a prophet, not just somebody special, but the Messiah, the anointed, the Christ, and
0: not just the anointed, but on top of that. The son of God. Anybody could come and be anointed, but this was the son of God. So that's a, I mean, we can sort of look at it in hindsight easily, but they're flying blind. And, and, and this is, this is such a statement. And in verse 17, and Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou, Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now there's a lot in that statement to Peter, but Jesus gave a lot back to Peter. As Peter recognized him, he sort of started to let Peter know a fair bit back to say this is what's going to happen of the, the building of the church. and um, And in verse 20, then charged he his disi- disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now you don't often see this in the New Testament anywhere that he actually says that. But here on this occasion, just standing there where it's been discovered, he admits it just clearly that he was Jesus the Christ. And so what a special conversation, what a special moment that was there for them to have their eyes, eyes open. Let's go to John 6 by the way, just talk of recognising people when Pastor Graham's away in Singapore at the moment, as you know on a holiday I don't think so is it, Maura? He's very busy um, And um, but when he comes back here you'll all recognise him because you know him very well um, but that's um, in quite contrast to the way that people would have seen Jesus on his arrival. So John 6, verse uh, 38.
1: For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me.
0: And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all that uh, which he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Now this, of course, starts to become controversial. You've got the disciples who are excited that they have discovered the Messiah. But now we've got the religious people who are really the ones who read uh, more than any the Old Testament they had and they're starting to challenge what he's saying. And in verse 42, and they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know, how is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore uh, answered and said unto them, Murmur not amongst yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is uh, as sorry, it is written in the prophets
1: um, and so on. Sorry, I think I was going to move on a little bit from there. Um let's go to chapter eight and verse
0: 39. thirty uh, nine, yep. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard uh, of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, Uh, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not uh, understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil. And uh, he gets a bit blunt with them here. So he's not winning any friends, but he's really starting to identify to them here who he is and what he's come to do. And if we just pick it up a little later in verse um, um, 53, they say to him, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my father that honours me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him, And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Why should it be so horrific to them that the Son of God should be in their presence? Why should it be such a surprise to them? And surely Jesus identifies it here
1: because their desire was not towards God. Their desire was in a different direction. And people often don't
0: realize that when you get involved in religion, you can completely miss the point about what it's all about as far as God is concerned. You can end up in ritual, habits, um, giving yourself to all sorts of tasks and completely miss Jesus Christ, not even notice him because uh, it, it, it sort of becomes an organization, a structure and, and a lifestyle, a tradition. And if you, don't do these things when you're out of sorts with your family or whatever. And it becomes a whole lot of other things. And somehow or other, Jesus Christ gets missed. And here Jesus is sort of trying to come in. Well, he is coming right into the middle and, and he's, he's really tossing them, uh, in, in their thinking and sort of getting under their skin. Um, chapter, chapter 19. Shall we go there? might just read a little bit, of it. verse um, 19. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin
1: so that everybody could see it.
0: And then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the King of the Jews but that he said, I am the king of the Jews.
1: And Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. And his wife had had a dream, unsettled her, unsettled him. He'd washed his hands of judgment, but really allowed the judgment to proceed. And uh, and yet something had got through to him, just watching. If we... Uh, uh,
0: also considered the people who were at the cross as Jesus died. We won't turn there at the moment, but we think of the centurion that was watching all the proceedings and maybe he'd seen many people die. Maybe he'd seen many people crucified. But on this day, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. He wasn't the only one because there was a group, it it, it says in one place, uh, I think it's in Matthew, that those who were near the cross uh, with the centurion that they recognised that truly this was the Son of God. So something was standing out to people that this was a, a, a very special occasion and a very special person. Um, let's go to um, Acts chapter 2. So this is the, the beginning of the church. Jesus was talking to Peter before about this church that was going to be built and Peter was there right at the beginning. Of this this um, this construction, and it wasn't a const- a whole construction, it was a construction of people that was going to be a a worldwide construction and in verse thirty six while Peter is preaching, he says, "Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ." So now after Jesus has not only been crucified, but he's been risen from the dead, they begin to declare to all the world that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the answer. And they know for themselves, because they've just received the Holy Spirit and their eyes have been opened more than they could ever see it before. Now their eyes were really opened. And, and we know that feeling. That when we, we've got filled with the Holy Ghost and we haven't really known who Jesus was, and somebody said to us, you want to have some prayer? And it either gets you nervous or excited when you're first asked, do you want to have some prayer to receive the Holy Spirit? And, and yet, when we do it and we take that step and the Spirit comes in,
1: we get to know Jesus. It's just a, it is a moment where I mean, I don't know, I'm sure I can't speak for everybody
0: else here, but I know that moment that I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and even though I'd known of Jesus as I was growing up, going to a church, that moment that I spoke in tongues, there was a contentment came over me about who Jesus was, about who I was, about what life was about. And it it just, the
1: search was over. was finished. I I knew what life was about. And
0: so... Jesus becomes very real. I remember taking communion for the first time after I received the Holy Spirit and how much it meant for the first time. I'd taken it many times growing up. But for the first time, it really meant something to me. And and so here, as the disciples have got up excited because of what they know, in verse 37 we see the response. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were pricked in their heart that Jesus was the Christ, that Jesus was the Son of God. And maybe they'd never been pricked in their heart before, but at this moment they were. And so they they say to Peter and to the apostles, what are we going to do? We have just, our hands got dirty on this too. We mightn't have been the one putting him up there, but we were just as guilty, we didn't defend him. And so
1: Peter then tells them, repent. You didn't believe. Repent of that. You didn't, you didn't recognize who he was.
0: And, and now turn around towards him. Die to yourself in the waters of baptism, as it says here, for the remission of sins in the name of Jesus, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and so believing became such an important part of this. You know, we ask a couple of questions when we baptize people. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? We ask it for a reason. Often, I don't know how many people here when they got baptized weren't too sure. Anybody want to admit that? You went, who wasn't too sure when they got baptized whether Jesus was the Son of God?
1: Got a few, yes. Yeah. But I reckon when we came out of the waters of baptism, or the moment we received the Holy Spirit, the lights came on.
0: And, and it, and it changed for us. And so, believing, we ask that question because it's so important and because the Lord wants us to do this recognizing the power of the Son of God to change our life, the power to forgive us of all our sin. Because if we just see him as a prophet or as a wise man, he has no power. But if we see him as the Son of God
1: who came to forgive us our sin and to give us a brand new life, then you get this sort of reverence of um, I'm with somebody special here, and
0: and so it's not surprising that when we baptize people, that when the thought is there that I'm being asked here, do I really believe that Jesus is the Christ? And they say yes. And and if there's that moment where they really are reverencing that thought, there's no surprise they get filled with the Holy Spirit in the moment. We're witnessing belief happening. There's a moment of belief where it goes from unbelief or uncertainty and it just opens right up. It's like the Red Sea party. And you go, what just happened? What just happened? What an exciting moment that was. And that's what's happened here on the day of Pentecost where all these people have just come out of passing interest or whatever, thousands of them hearing a weird happening of people speaking in tongues. And they sort of come by, as some of us sometimes, we weren't looking for the Lord, we just happened to come by, we were hanging around certain people and it gets put in front of us. And the next thing, they're being challenged by the things that they heard like they've never been challenged in their life. And they walk away from that day baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit because something so marvellous was presented in front of them like they had never ever seen before. Let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any,
1: came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood dried up. How many people do you go and just want to touch the border of their garment? But something she saw there said to her, there is power here. Something made her believe. When she came,
0: she came believing. Now I guess it's, um, it's such a, a, an important thing we know for ourselves to keep alive in us. You know, the Bible talks about building up our, on our most holy faith and, and, Forever believing that when we come to the Lord, that things will happen.
1: Yeah, you know, in Hebrews it talks about, um, that, um, says, I was just going to quote it wrongly. Let's flick to it. Hebrews 11. Um, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that
0: cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And, and we're reminded that that's the only way we get through. It's the only way. We must believe that he is, that he is right there, or he is right here. We must believe that. You know, it's, it's, you know, what our minds are like. Um, we can look at people in other religions and see them get caught up with the trinkets and the ritual and so on. But sometimes we can get caught up with when we're, we come here to, Praise the Lord and to get the most out of it. We might be thinking about the roster that we're supposed to be on, or um, I wish I picked they'd picked that chorus instead of that one, or I'm worrying about what
1: I got to do when I get home. And are we believing that God is here and that he wants to answer the very thing we came here today with? And are we here to diligently seek him?
0: And because this seems to be the requirement that Jesus has from the very beginning. He says to his disciples, who am I? Do you know who I am? I'm not just anybody. And, and in another passage, it talks about that where there were sick people there and it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus was there. And, and so this lady has come and, and I believe she has recognized that. She's not spirit filled at this stage, but there's faith in her. She's going there is power there. I believe there is power there and I'm coming for that. And in verse um, 45, and Jesus said, uh, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee, press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody's touched me, in faith, in brackets. For I perceive... That virtue has gone out of me, or power. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, Be of good comfort; thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. And and you, we know ourselves, don't we? There are some times where we just Seem to land right in tune. We just seem to be in a purple patch where everything just seems to sit right, and and your prayer gets answered, and you go, "Oh, hallelujah!" And there's other times we're donging our head against the wall and thinking, "Why not? Why am I not seeming to get through here? What is my problem?" (laughs) And 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 without sort of trying to Necessarily analyze all the problems. I think that the Lord's just saying, do whatever we can to get out of this word,
1: what he wants us to see. And, and that it might be fresh every time, you know, that it's new every morning. And, um, and of course
0: some mornings we might get up and, and boom, we're in a hurry. We've got an early phone call emergency and we got to go. There's another morning we might take it slowly
1: when we can prepare ourselves a bit for the day and have some prayer. Um, but either way, the Lord is always with us and He, uh, He's checking in on us. How you doing? Are you still keeping your the belief there? Is it, is it good and strong? We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. We've been filled with faith, the faith of Jesus. And He's, He's saying, Look after it. Really know who I am. See me everywhere you go. See me in the things that you do. And, uh, and I will be with you with signs and wonders and miracles. All the people say, Amen.